Hello and welcome to another episode of Journey to the Rise. I'm your host, Lucretia. I want to make sure I take the time to thank those of you who have been listening. Belgium, you have been showing up since the beginning and I am so glad to have you here with us. To our listeners in Spain, gracias por escuchar. And of course, thank you to those throughout the U.S. who have been listening, especially in Tennessee and Wisconsin. And I am pleasantly surprised to see a large following in Rice Lake, Wisconsin. Thank you so much for your support. In today's episode, we talk with Chelsea Albert, a hypnotherapist and intuitive healer. Chelsea shares her journey when she began doing facials, which led her to developing a career as a lash specialist. However, though it was fulfilling her desire to help people, she still felt there was something more out there for her. When she discovered hypnotherapy, something shifted inside her and she began to realize the difference she can make in other people's lives. It took her to a deeper level of helping someone and increasing their confidence. During the process of becoming connected as an intuitive healer, Chelsea discovered the difference she was making. Though she had a few stumbles as she started to develop her business, it didn't take long for people to spread the word about her skill and her client base began to grow. Chelsea has an interesting story that I think a lot of people will be able to relate to as we don't always easily find our way to what we are meant to do. So let's get started. Please welcome Chelsea Albert. I'm so excited about our guest today. If you are dealing with any kind of strife or struggle or block, this woman has this gift. I don't know how else to phrase it, and it's such an honor to have her here today. Chelsea, thank you so much for being with us today. Hey, Lucretia, I am so stoked to be here. I can't wait for this. I'm so excited. Yay! I just want to dive right in. Where did you grow up? So I uh, am originally from California. I grew up kind of rural, so it was an interesting mix of cowboys and like rural folk and horse, you know, big horse country. And then there was a lot of film people out there. My dad was in the film industry, so uh, I got a really good, interesting blend of um, of a different kind of California life. Whenever people here I'm from California, they always think like the beach or L.A. And I'm like, no, no, I'm from the desert. <laughs> That's amazing. How exciting. So what was it like to have your dad be, I guess it was just normal for you, but what was it like to have your dad be part of the film industry? It was cool. It was a cool way to grow up. And honestly, I look up to my dad a lot because he was, uh, he was a VP of a camera rental company for a long time. And he had been able to help so many people along the way. So I was super fortunate. He'd take me to movie sets. Um, we'd hang out. He'd take me to events of his. And every time somebody would come up to him and they would see that I was his daughter, uh, they would say, you know, your dad helped me so much. Your dad connected me with this person. Your dad got me my first job. And I just have always thought I don't know what I'm gonna do but I want to be the Alan Albert of my industry I want to be helping people like I want to get so good that eventually I start helping other people get to their good okay. so um, it was a really cool way and then um, my mom has always been my biggest supporter um, and <laughs> I think you were actually my my first client on my very first call I tried to do a little project and it was you and it was my mom it was <laughs> though. It was amazing. 
It was so fun. <laughs> it was so fun. It was not the way I imagined it would turn out, but it was a really good call and a really good evening. Um, yeah, I've just always, I've always had really good supportive parents, and I'm, I'm super grateful for the upbringing I had because I think it was pretty unique in these times. Yeah, I think I messaged you afterwards. And I was like, "Can I have your mom's number? Because she's amazing." <laughs> she messaged me after she said, "By the way, just let Lucretia know that she is now my daughter." Yes. <laughs> oh Love man, it. that's that's Thanks, just who mom. she is. <laughs> that's incredible. So what a fun upbringing to have like so much support and love and and just a really neat blend of like a Hollywood vibe with the movies but yet you're kind of ranch life at the same time like that's really unique and, and people you're right people don't think about that in California but yeah, I grew up, uh, you know, catching lizards and riding horses and most of my time was spent at the barn and it, it's you look back and you just realize wow there's I was so blessed to have that. Um, I was so blessed to have that kind of whole thing. It's, and I'm really fortunate for um, for the relationship I have with my parents. Uh, a lot of people that I work with, their trauma goes straight back to their parents and their family life. And I am very fortunate to say that all of my stuff did not actually come from my parents. So um, yeah, it's going home is a treat. That's amazing. And I love that you're understanding to the fact that not everybody has that relationship with their parents. So often people who have that healthy relationship, they can't understand at all. Like when someone says, I'm not close to their mom, and they just look at the person like they've been smacked in the face. And, and you really do have that connection to say, I do have that great fortunate situation. Um, Hi, Kitty. Yes, Kitty is very This is much Piper. <laughs> Sorry, you might be getting cameos from... Good. You might be getting cameos Please. from Pierre and Piper. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's amazing. So what did you do after high school? I went to community college. I did... Nice. I had spent... I had spent most of my life, because I looked up to my dad so much, I spent most of my life thinking I wanted to be in the film industry. So... Um, Actually, really fortunately, when we looked at art schools, when we looked at Art Center in Pasadena, the guy who was on good terms with my dad said, look, you know, most of these kids don't know what they want to do, so don't send her to this big fancy art school without at least getting her prerequisites done. It'll be cheaper. She'll have a little bit more idea of what she wants to do. And that was also, I mean, it couldn't have gone better because I realized about a semester in that being in film and being behind the camera involves a lot of math and a lot of geometry and a lot of um, eating Eggos and Top Ramen for months at a time. So uh, I realized I didn't want to do that. I went to community college. I got my uh, associate's degree in English literature, which thus far has proved pretty useless other than interesting conversation. Um, and then after that, I went to beauty school and actually really fell in love with that and did that um, for a few years. Um, I still work part-time in a salon with a very dear friend of mine, uh, really just as kind of a fun gig, just so I can go in and have some girl time. But after that, I bounced around and thought I'd do college again, and it just, college doesn't agree with me. I, it took me until I was about 20, 29 to even start thinking that I had found where I belong, which... Uh, always drove me nuts because so many people, especially like on the internet those days, on the internet these days, it's like they just know. And I could never get that. Um, so it was always a really frustrating thing, but I think my journey is, 
led me in a really cool roundabout way to what I'm doing now. And I don't think I'd have the insight if I didn't go that wacky long route. I love that. And I think community college and those two universities that are out there are hidden gems of a place for people to go and mm -hmm. just figure out life right after college. If you don't know what you want to do, you don't want to necessarily go to a big four year. It's a good landing place for people to go and, and just kind of figure out life for the first couple of years. And you're right. College isn't for anybody, everybody. And I think it's really fascinating with the online courses and workshops and YouTube universities. There's so many ways to gain knowledge. It doesn't have to be the conventional, I have to sit in a class for a semester and study and stay up until 2 a.m. hoping I pass the exam that's tomorrow at eight. Like, Right, and I noticed there's just so much red tape. When I did go back to college for the last ditch semester, I, I wanted to be you know, a licensed psychologist. I wanted to go and get my master's. And there was just so much red tape in academia. And um, A, you know, I personally couldn't stand taking classes on, you know, interviews and communication when I'd been interviewing for five years already and talking my way into jobs that I probably shouldn't have gotten. So I already had that class taken care of. But the fact that um, modern academia seems to really reduce people in general to theories and disorders and symptoms and diagnoses, it just, it, it seemed, I don't know, it just didn't fit with me. And it kind of seemed like going the long way around. So. And that's okay. Like, yeah, I hate wasting time. <laughs> <laughs> but was it really a waste of time? Because look at the life experience you gained to where you are now. I, I think it, I think it all had a yeah. stepping stone pattern for you. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll have more from our guest Chelsea as she talks about the transition she experienced when she relocated and moved to the South. The goal for any business is to grow and reach a new level. Get there faster by being an authority in your industry with a video docu-series. Using video, you can showcase you, your business, your staff, products, your services, and your why. Building relationships is key, and high-quality video can give existing and potential clients a way to get to know you. It also allows you to build a connection that results in increased sales. If you would like to know more about how you can enhance your business with video, go to girlbossproductions.com today. Welcome back to Journey to the Rise. We continue our conversation with Chelsea, and she shares about the experience she had when she sought help for her own healing and how it helped to lead her to a path of success in helping other people. So you go to beauty school and you specialize in lashes, is that correct? Yep, I, uh, I originally started out loving facials and my first facial ever was this little old lady. And um, like, I mean, in beauty school, let's, let's put it this way, you don't go to beauty school for a good facial. You, like, you're just cleaning faces and just getting used to touching people, basically. So she comes in and we start talking and I must have spent two hours on this gal because we were just talking. and. Um, she hadn't done anything for herself since her husband had passed from Parkinson's. I still remember this woman. Um, and when she got up after the facial, again, I didn't do anything special, but she looked in the mirror and touched her face and just, she said, oh my God, I haven't done anything for myself. My face looks so good. And I was hooked. Um, 
I just, I always have loved helping people. I've always loved making people feel better. And that was my first real avenue to being able to do that. So then I got into lashes because uh, I wish I could say it was altruistic, but I wanted to make money and lashes were making money. But after I spent a year wanting to throw my tweezers across the room, I finally got good at it. I finally got the hang of it and um, then fell in love with the artistry of it. And again, fell in love with being able to make people feel more like themselves. That's amazing. Now, was that in California? Because you're now in Tennessee. Where was the transition from California to Tennessee for you? So uh, that was 2015. So I've been here for about seven years now, I think. And uh, yeah, I started out doing aesthetics in California. And then uh, my now ex-husband, uh, we were dating at the time, he wanted to come out to Tennessee to go to school, and quite frankly, I never really identified with the whole keeping up with the Joneses sort of pace of California, especially in Southern California. So I thought, okay, well, hey, Tennessee's the place. I'm good with it. And uh, yeah, when that all sort of fell apart back in 2019, he ended up leaving, and I just decided to build a life out here. And I got to tell you, Tennessee's been good to me. That's I've awesome. you know I've met wonderful people, yourself included, and I don't think I would. I don't think I would have had the opportunity to be where I am now if I hadn't left home. I love that. And that's the thing about Southern hospitality. People talk about Midwest nice. It has nothing compared to Southern hospitality. It is the real deal. Like the kindness of strangers yeah. in the South. It's been so wonderful. I will say, it took me a minute to catch on to bless your heart, uh, because my mom's a little <laughs> Jewish lady, so when she says bless your heart, it means you brought her a water without asking. When people said bless your heart out here, I thought they liked me for like six months. I didn't realize they were saying, oh, you sweet idiot. <laughs> and that's putting it kind of, yeah, it's that bless your heart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a very it took a minute uh, to get used to the culture yeah, shock. It's a very polite dig. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, California is definitely a big culture shock from from the south and 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 once you but once you find your people, they're not friends, they're your family in the south. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. And, and I, I love, love that about this place. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just there's nothing like it anywhere. So you're there, you decide to stay, you're growing your own community, and you're building at this time. Are you still building your lash business? Yeah, so uh, <laughs> the interesting transition was um, for years now, so I've been in the beauty industry for a few years, and I just, I wanted to be able to work with people on a deeper level. I mean, in the beauty industry, you're kind of everybody's therapist anyway. Uh, ask any hairdresser and they can tell you some stuff about all their clients because there is that trust there. Um, but I noticed that when I'd offer people advice or when I'd offer people kind of my own intuitive read on the situation, it was kind of like a, oh yeah, that's a good idea. And then they wouldn't take the advice. There's a boundary that you have to set as a beauty pro that you have to know that you're really there to listen. You're there for your client to vent. If they ask for advice, hey, cool, but really you're there to be their sounding board more so than a healer. And I just, I wanted to work with people on a deeper level. I could see people, you know, just, oh man, just spinning. And I was like, mm, if you could just, mm, eh, mm. but I didn't have the permission to do it. Um, so I'd been looking for ways to, you know, I'd been doing energy work for a little while and that was just kind of within my own practice, kind of enhancing my own beauty industry stuff. Um, 
And I had always been sort of fascinated with hypnosis. Uh, it was it kind of like, you know, even since I was a little kid, I remember watching a Scooby-Doo episode um, about like, you know, Daphne getting hypnotized. I was just fascinated, uh, probably because I'm always so in my head all the time. I was like, ooh, what would it be like to be totally out of my head? Uh, right. And then, yeah, I kind of, when I finally found hypnosis, then I started transitioning. Um, then I started transitioning into something deeper. That's amazing. And you're, you do hypnotherapy and it's not the, the typical, what you see in like the old movies of them swinging something in front of you and you're become zombie like state, like, but you still have this, this gift. And before we get too deep into like the process of what you do, how did you know that? Cause you do have a gift. I've talked to other people who have seen you, um, how did you know you had a gift? I mean, clearly you you could see it when you're doing the beauty work, but it has to go deeper than that. I did not know I had a gift. Uh, I wouldn't have even considered it a gift. And that is, if for any of your listeners out there who um, are in kind of that weird sort of unseen world, I looked for a gift for a long time. I was like, God, if only I was psychic, if only I just knew things before they happened, or if only I could see auras, or if only I could read, you know. And there are people with these genuine, you know, oh my gosh, in your face gifts. And I just never had that aptitude. Um, I was always pretty good. I was always pretty empathic and I could always tell, you know, Maybe there's something a little more energetically going on here, but I didn't consider that a gift because it came so naturally to me that I just kind of figured everybody could do it. So um, sometimes I realize, I had to realize that sometimes your gift is the thing that is so natural to you that you have no idea that other people aren't doing it. Um, yeah. I, honestly, I think the first time I realized I had a gift was uh, when a client told me. And of course, I had to play it off like, oh, you know what? Thank you for that affirmation. And on the inside, there's this little Chelsea going, oh, my God, 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 I can do this. Nice. <laughs> so, That's amazing. Yeah, but honestly, I didn't, I didn't realize I had a gift until I started doing something. Yeah. And what kind of training did you go through to pursue this career? So I, um, I guess I'll kind of backtrack to, um, you know, where I originally started with it. I had originally found out that hypnotherapy was a real gig uh, when I saw it, when I sought my own help for my own healing and my own trauma. So I uh, started out doing a live course uh, in March of 2020, which got shut down three, three days in. Oh, um, no. And, uh, you know, the bottom just fell out on the world. And so I ended up taking that online, which was so much better because he was doing a beta test. So we all kind of got a little bit longer of a session because we were working out the bugs. And then uh, later on that year, he invited me to do a uh, smaller class mentorship for six months. And that just kicked me into gear. And meanwhile, I was also following up and beginning to pursue more, um, darling, more, uh, more energetic healing. I was really just, I dove in, I dove in and latched on. It was just so cool to me how this was, how effective it all was. So yeah, yeah basically a good year's worth of study before I felt confident enough to hang my shingle on the door. Wow, that's amazing. And clearly the person you were learning from saw something in you to extend that invitation. 
I hope so. I really do. And he, uh, I learned with Steve Rame, and he is a fantastic hypnotist out here and um, just really knows a lot, and especially about conversational hypnotherapy, which um, was kind of the avenue that I learned. We learned traditional hypnotherapy, but he taught us to work without scripts and to use our intuition, which I think is where my gift comes in as well, is uh, as a channeler, I'm tapping into my client's energy, I'm tapping into source energy, and whatever comes out of my mouth and whatever comes up for the client in their own adventure, you know, internally, is where we go with it. So I really, I'm super grateful to my teachers who taught me to think outside the box right from the get-go. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, and it's also, I love your the videos you do on Instagram and TikTok because you're very off the cuff. And, like, you'll start with this topic and you just can magically, and I hate to use that word, but it's just really, it's a within the 30 second to, you know, a minute, 30 second that you do your videos, you go into something and you're very intuitive and you just will you're just organic you're real and you just pull from wherever that that little blip of conversation goes and i i think that's that speaks volumes for how you work with your clients because you you are very open to whatever comes is where things should go thank you and i honestly it's one of those things i never pick up on for myself so again it's kind of it's always interesting I can't really see myself clearly. I can see others like laser, but um, it is always so, so wonderful and so affirming when somebody sees you. And it's why I so value your friendship and just knowing you because you're also one of those people who I think kind of cuts through, cuts through right to the heart of things. So I really appreciate that. And um, yeah, I don't know, I guess, I mean, people don't fit in boxes. People don't fit into scripts. And I've, I've always been amazed at where the sessions go. I never know where they're going themselves. So it's, it's almost like reading a book and the client is taking me on an adventure and all I can do is just hold the flashlight and say, hey, that's interesting. Why don't we stay over here? Hey, what about this? Um, it's fun. It's fun what I do. I love it. That's awesome. And what challenges do you face in this kind of work? Um, honestly, it was a bit of a challenge to build. It was a bit of a challenge to get out there and tell people, um, hi, I hypnotize people, not like in Hollywood, but uh, if you'd like to come and trust me to tinker around in your head, I can help you heal your trauma in like, you know, less time than it would take to do months of therapy. It's an interesting kind of proposition for most people. And a lot of people, again, are so, so kind of thinking that it's going to be Hollywood and I'm going to hypnotize them to rob a bank. Look, if I could hypnotize you to rob a bank, I'd be in Fiji by now. So <laughs> <laughs> it's not how it works. Um, some of my, my biggest challenges really early on were actually um, not only finding an audience, but once I found an audience, um, finding the right audience. It's, th this, I hope this is okay to say, and if it's not, just edit it out. But there are a lot of people who fetishize hyp hypnosis oddly enough. So for the first little bit, and I think it's because people who do fetishize hypnosis and kind of want to target female hypnotherapists, they kind of know when they're just starting out. So I got a lot of weird calls at first. I got a lot of weird dudes saying like, uh, could you hypnotize me to be more submissive? And I was like, mm, no, but I have a great male mentor that you would love to see. <laughs> um, I think that's honestly, so for a little while, I was actually very scared to work with men. And um, 
And it took me a little bit as I started getting more comfortable in my community and just doing more live in-person meetups, um, like the one we met at, uh, I started working with more men. And all of a sudden I realized my entire demographic kind of started shifting because I actually do love working with dudes who want to heal. They are some of the best clients ever. So um, it's been really interesting finding, another challenge has been finding my audience and finding who I really love to work with most. Um, because I guess that's the thing they always teach you in marketing is find your niche, right? Great. But uh, the more I realize that, the more I realize um, my niche doesn't obey just one demographic. So it's been a really interesting journey trying to build the business more than anything. Yeah. And you must have to set boundaries, not just with those clients that are not a fit, but I would imagine when you are pulling so much energy from a person, energy from source, that has to drain you. What, kind, what was the process like for you to set boundaries? So honestly, it's, um, I was told by someone when I first started aesthetic school, so I'm actually really grateful. And just like you were saying, every stage of the journey has a purpose because uh, I started learning that lesson early on in the beauty industry. When you're touching people, when you're working with people, you are absorbing their energy. And for a good six months, I would just come home with this pain in the middle of my back and I was just absorbing and holding all this energy from people. Um, until finally someone one day, um, and I'm always grateful to her, uh, she was a massage therapist, and she said, no, 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 you're not supposed to hold it, honey. I always think of taking it in, giving up, taking it in, giving it up. And, you know, just, and I really began seeing myself more as, like, a hollow tube than a sponge. So, thankfully, I got a lot of really good practice with that throughout my years in the beauty industry. And uh, every so often, I'd have a sticky person who kind of really kind of challenged me to clear my energy out. So, um, I don't really take on too many people's energy anymore it's there's almost like a high that comes with it that sometimes I do have to come down from and clear my energy before the next client because you know you are working with such an intense level of unseen energy and again it's you know reading into the client is one thing and again that one I'm pretty good with I know not to take on their energy but then channeling channeling source channeling Christ consciousness channeling um, you know, my highest guides, and I never know who the heck they are. I just say, hey, guys, help me. <laughs> and uh, I always call in my clients' highest guides and just trust that they will work through me. That leads to this amazing feeling of just almost buzziness. And then again, there's the high of really kind of seeing a really good session when they can feel the results right away. And I'm just like, oh. So it takes me a minute to come down sometimes more than it does to. Uh, to keep from being drained, thankfully. Yeah. Wow. And what rewards do you receive in this particular career? Oh my God. It is, it's amazing, Lucretia. I mean, it's, when I was a kid, I would pray, you know, help me save one life. I don't know why I always felt that need, and I'm not entirely sure, but every time I gave blood, that would be my request, like, just help me save one life. And I've been rewarded in such in a much bigger way than anything tangible. Um, it's been amazing to see the people I've worked with grow and become their highest, most flourishing self. Um, again, it's, you know, it's just really cool to be able to say that I work with, I work with whatever, you know, whatever drives this galaxy, the universe, God, yeah, I call it God because it has fewer syllables, but this high power of love 
to be able to see that in action and to be able to see God showing off and like, okay, because healing doesn't work without source. Um, so it's really cool to kind of almost watch from a third-party perspective and say, wow, that happened. I did not expect that. Um, so that's always fun. I love the fact that I get to just hang out in my house, welcome people in. I've got my home office and uh, work with my cats and let my cats be a part of the scenario. Um, yeah, I really, and I love the people that I find myself working with. Uh, this industry, it's tough to let people know about it, but once people are in it, I get some of the coolest people, some of the most open, some of the most exciting, some of the most interesting people. And yeah, like I said, it's always, every session is a new story for me. So I really, I get to see all these new adventures. And I get to see the inner lives and the inner metaphors that people are going by. And sometimes it's just really plain cool. Um, gosh, I could, I could gush about this forever, so I'm going to not. <laughs> but um, it's one of those, it is one of those careers where I truly don't have a bad day at work. And I think that's my greatest wow. reward. Even the times where I've thought, mm, I don't know, maybe they, you know, there's still, there's always going to be like one or two where I'm like, boy, they weren't as enthused as I thought they'd be. Maybe we didn't connect. And then, you know, sometimes they'll call me back and say, that was a great session. I'd like to book another and I'll be totally blown away. But um, <laughs> the healing that I get through doing these healings and the healing journey that I've had to go through so that I can be a good healer for my clients. I mean, I would say my whole job is a reward. That's, wow. That is so blanket, but it's so true. Yeah. And maybe the person who's not reacting, they're, they're probably just processing what they just experienced. You know, and sometimes oh, yeah. you, you don't oh, know yeah, how it's... to react when you're processing, like, wow, what just happened? <laughs> yeah, and it's a constant reminder for me to kind of take my ego back a step because it doesn't matter, you know, what matters is that I've offered my full integrity and if they accept it or not, or if it hits like a week from now or if it hits like a month from now, that's not up to me. And so there's a constant surrender going on in any kind of healing line of work, I think, um, that you really have to keep your ego in check, man, because there's a lot of times where I could have thought, oh my God, they didn't like me. Um, and early on, there were a lot of times where I did think that. And uh, yeah, just this has strengthened me as well this doing this work has really has really improved me as a person as well it's kind of cool that's amazing and, and what kind of success stories can you can you share man there's a there's a bunch of fun ones um one of my favorites still to this day is my very first client and i mean she wasn't even an official client she i was doing her lashes and i was like hey look um can we just try something? Because again, it was one of those moments where I was like, okay, I could see, mm, maybe I can do something here. So she went with it and she had been terrified to date. I mean, you know, she had been through the ringer with relationships and she was like, nope, you know what? I'm, I'm going to be the single person forever. But her new year's resolution was, okay, I'm going to get back out on the dating scene. And she was so sketched about it. So we did a session of trauma release. And again, you know, I kind of didn't really know if it would work. I was just like, hey, look, I learned this. I've seen it work in practice and let's try it. So she did one session, came back a couple weeks later for her fill and said, I'd like to do another one of those if I can, because uh, my coworkers have all been saying that like, I just feel lighter and I, you know, I've been handling things easier. And I was like, okay, hey. So we did another session and she comes back a couple weeks later and says, well, 
I've been on a date with a guy from Match, and uh, you know, I kind of like him. And then three weeks later, she goes, you know, I really like this guy. Um, two years later, I just got an update of, about a month or so ago. They are engaged. And she is getting married to this man. And I could not be happier for her because this was, oh, she's just such a wonderful person. She deserves that love and that happiness. So, again, kind of just helping her get out of her own way has been one of the greatest gifts. Another, another one of my favorites that uh, just happened recently was um, there was a woman who was really petrified of snakes. And I work with a lot of phobias as well, especially flight phobias. And those are some of my favorites because I love to travel and I can't imagine a world where people are terrified to travel. So that's a separate one. But um, this woman was afraid of snakes. And she had, um, excuse me, just a sec. I'm geeking out and I need a drink. Right. So it was to the point where she couldn't see a picture of snakes. She couldn't look at a movie and that would all be fine and good. But she wanted to travel, too. And this is, again, you know, maybe something that I love travel. But um, she wanted to go to India, a notoriously snaky place. Uh, she wanted to go to Costa Rica and she would not go to these places. So we did a session. And the interesting thing about this one was it turns out that snakes had been pre had been present in almost every traumatic situation that she had ever been in. She had never been bitten by a snake, but snakes were always present. And it almost, again, I can't shake that feeling that maybe the snakes were her guardian and not her, you know, not her danger. But I think they were kind of almost there as a danger signal. Uh, that's just my own personal read on it. But anyway, long story short, we go through a session and she, at the end of it, she was asking to see pictures of snakes. Um, so I showed her a few and to the point where she actually, the first one, she said, oh, that's kind of cute. And even, you know, the other one that I showed her, uh, she was giggling and laughing. And, you know, um, with phobias like that, I never want to encourage people to love things and, you know, pick them up like, you know, their pets, because there's always a little bit of respect that snakes need. But that was such a cool session because, again, it could have been something as simple as a snake bite, but it wasn't. And that was a fun journey for me to go on. And wow. to see that instant result of just one session, a total shift in her fear. Oh, I, I love it. It's That's my favorite. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that, I love that. I got goosebumps. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. She, she's cool. Now, how do you react to people who think, like, this is hokey and just does it work? <laughs> uh, let me tell you, if you ever want to clear a room, tell people that you're a hypnotist. <laughs> uh, people, whatever. <laughs> I do a lot of networking events because I love to go out and meet people. And every time, you know, there's, there's one or two reactions. It's either, oh my, that's exotic. Really? So what do you do? How does that work? Or people start to get real uncomfortable and uh, they clam up a bit. They're like, oh my God, are you hypnotizing me now? Um, <laughs> so... Uh, honestly, it's all kind of fun. I do. I kind of love the shock value of being able to say that I do hypnotherapy just because it's kind of so unknown and not really practiced out here in the South yet. Um, but uh, so it's always an interesting conversation starter. But also, um, you know, I guess really it's not my I'm kind of lazy when it comes to attracting clients. I just want to work with the people who are called to work with me. I don't want to have to convince anybody that, hey, look, I'm the right person for you because I may not be. I am just an advocate of whatever works and finding who you click with. So thankfully, I don't have to put a lot of work into convincing people. That's not my 
that's not my shtick. It's it's work for me. Um, but I do love educating people that we are not the, <laughs> uh, you know, dangle a pocket watch. Uh, I got called a gypsy once at a bar. <laughs> um, uh, there's a lot of fun a lot of fun reactions that come with it, and I've just learned to take it all in stride, whether it's interest or whether it's, you know, um, oh my God, are you, are you talking like the movie Get Out? That was hypnosis. Was, uh, mm, mm. Uh, even though that does have some really good hypnotic techniques, I do a review on my YouTube channel, but um, that, that was actually a really good movie, I gotta tell you. But other than that, no, it's, uh, it's, fun, to, it's fun to see people's reactions. I enjoy it. It's <laughs> awesome. And if there is some, because you don't just do in person, you also do online sessions. Is that correct? So you could work. You yeah. could work with literally anybody from around the world. All I need, well, I, I do need them to speak English because my uh, fluency is not that great. But <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, really all I ever need from a client is that they have the desire to heal. Uh, from there. You know, again, it doesn't really matter if it's Zoom or if it's in person. Energy, as you well know, transcends time and space. So um, we're exchanging energy right now, and we're a couple hundred miles away. Um, and it's always a good energy between us, and I love it. Um, and with the actual, you know, hypnosis part, it's all really happening in my client's own unconscious mind. So I don't need to be there physically present because it's all going on up here for them and they're experiencing their own thing. I'm just the guide and responding to what they're giving me. So yeah, it's uh, a lot of people are kind of a little leery of that. But I honestly think that um, I also think that 2020 did change a lot of those perceptions. A lot of people have been able to kind of adapt to telehealth and realize, oh, okay, I can be in my own safe space and still get great results from healing. Absolutely. And you're right. 2020 did medical and therapies. They had to transition because you couldn't. And people, like you just said, people realize, oh, I can still get the attention I need, the help I need. I don't have to be there in person. And that's very life transforming, I think. One of the perks that, one of the few perks that came from 2020, despite the struggles. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll rag on technology all day, but there is it is a fantastic tool. And I've I've really loved embracing all the new challenges of of working with Zoom. And, um, you know, also sometimes it's kind of nice to just work in my pajama bottoms and not have my clients know. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if there's someone out there who's listening and maybe they're having a little doubt but something is telling them, like there was a little voice telling them that you you may be able to help them. Like what advice or words would you like to share with them? Uh, look, I would say if if this calls to you, honor that call. I always, I always do a free consult chat with my clients. So again, we can kind of sense each other's vibes, but really this, this healing work is something that um, kind of kind of calls to people. And uh, if you have the pull to connect with me, I'm open. If you have the pull to connect with me, if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, yeah, that girl sounds like more my speed, I would love to talk with you because chances are you are my people too. Um, and again, you know, it's, um, it's one of those things where all you really need is the desire and the commitment to your healing. So sometimes that does mean changing your life circumstances. Sometimes that does mean 
investigating parts of you that maybe you hadn't been aware of. But if you're willing to take that first courageous step, I'm all in with you. And really, I am just here to act as your guide. You already have everything you need within you to heal. I'm just here to hold the flashlight. And if you need a flashlight holder, I would love to help you. Um, yeah, I think uh, I, I kind of think my people already know um, as they're listening to this if they'd like to reach out. And in that case, I say that's your invitation. Reach out. Yeah, absolutely. And if someone did want to book a session with you or follow you on the socials, like where can people find you and get information? Cool. Yeah. So uh, I am working on being a better millennial and being better on my social posts. But uh, you can find me on YouTube. That's where uh, if you want to just do a shallow dive and kind of learn a little bit more about hypnosis, a little bit more about some of the more... Um, I also kind of love diving into how we are hypnotized throughout our daily life. So kind of some interesting little more relationship-based uh, and trauma-based. I really I love working with people who have experienced trauma, who are suffering from anxiety. Um, and also, again, you know, sometimes that tends to be in relationship trauma. Um, and I think that's probably because of my own past experience. You always help who you are, right? So uh, YouTube is a great resource if you just want to kind of follow along and get to know more about me. If you would like to book a call, I always book a call first. I want to make sure that, again, you're my people and I'm your people. So um, book your free consultation call. It's like a 30-minute chat, and we'll just get to know each other, see how I can help you. You can go on my website, www.chelsealberthealing.com, um, and I'm sure that will be in the notes or uh, not Absolutely. because – my name is spelled C-H-E-L-S-E-Y, and uh, that's always something that I have to kind of correct. But also um, TikTok uh, and Instagram are great places to follow me as well. Look, I am here for you. Whatever information you need, wherever you need to follow me, that's where I'll be. That's amazing. And please do reach out. If you are feeling that little bit of a, of a ting or some sort of notion that's stirring, like see what she can do because truly this woman's able to really make some big shifts in your life and yes, I'm so babe. I really yeah. I just I won't. no go ahead oh go ahead no I was just gonna well, say I, just, I appreciate you being here so much meets okay good we were on the same page like we we're having thought jinx there I know right <laughs> um no, I am honestly, Lucretia, I am so honored to have been invited to be on your podcast. You are, I have been stalking your TikTok and stalking your social media and just everything that you do has the intention to inspire. And I can't wait to see where this goes. I can't wait to see where you go because every, everything that you're doing, no matter what avenue it is, your blog, your TikToks, your podcast, you're inspiring people and we need more of that in this world so I just want to say how how honored and how grateful I am to be a part of this because you're doing big things and I'm just catching the wave I'm so honored by that and humbled and thank you and and I love that like I was once told by um, a mentor that 
you you get out there with your surfboard and you ride the wave and the good people are gonna try and catch the wave with you and you're like yeah come on there's room in this wave for everybody and he said some people will try and knock you down and maybe everybody goes down together but the good ones will be out there to ride the wave with you and and I love that you're out here riding the wave with me my friend that's amazing that's beautiful. You can tell it's winter and we need to get to the beach. <laughs> we definitely need to get to the beach. We're thinking of waves. We're thinking of, yeah. <laughs> Surfing, paddleboarding, kayaking. Like. <laughs> oh, man, just get me somewhere warm. And I and you're up north, so it's even colder up there. So I, I salute you, sister. That's... It was negative 24 yesterday and negative 15 today. Like, I am missing Tennessee so bad. <laughs> okay, well, then come back. Right. come back yeah. right now that's that's the goal me and my dog our bags are basically already half packed for that opportunity <laughs> oh sweet baby <laughs> thank you so much you're amazing i love that just with what you know with what you're doing and knowing how much you love doing it you're change. you really are helping people just like you have always wanted to do and that's awesome funny how that all comes around doesn't it <laughs> right it all seems to work out yeah, thank you so, so much, Lucretia. And um, if there's anything you ever need, babe, give me a shout because this was an absolute blast and I just, I can't wait to see what's next. Yay, thank you. You're so welcome. Thank you. <laughs> That's it with hypnotherapist and intuitive healer Chelsea Albert. Next week, we talk with Terry Lancaster, a copywriter, car sales guru, author, and speaker. I've written three. Uh, books uh, three. I've got three number one best-selling books now. I've been very lucky in that respect. Uh, uh, and but I ended up writing one about the car business because the, uh, the my, it's most recent book I, I released it over the last couple of years, um, a couple of years ago, and it's called How to Sell More Cars. And I wrote it because the car business has changed so dramatically since when I got first got into it in the uh, in the 80s when it was when it was all about spending huge money on on radio and TV stations and and car dealers still do spend huge money on radio and TV stations and I still produce radio and TV spots for car dealerships I've probably written more radio spots than any human being alive just because I've been doing it for so long Hey, thanks for listening to Journey to the Rise. Please do follow us on your podcast app so you have the latest episode downloaded. If you want to follow us on Instagram, our account is at Journey to the Rise Podcast. This episode is researched, produced, and edited by Girl Boss Productions. And please remember to be kind to you. When you're kind to yourself, it makes it easier to be kind to others. I'm Lucretia, and you've been listening to Journey to the Rise.